Welcome to the Unstoppable Real Estate Agents Podcast. I'm your host and real estate productivity expert, Kim Hughes. Join me as we focus on real strategies and implement real solutions designed for you to achieve major success in your business and life while getting you organized. Welcome everybody. Today we have Hayden Riggs of Riggs Property Group out of Tyler, Texas. And he has been an agent since 2016. And he's going to join us today and talk about how he, as a one, real estate agent, and two, as a coach, how he works with his business in a in a community that how big is Tyler? About 150,000? About 150,000. Once you add like everybody kind of that, you know, travels into Tyler to work, I would say we're probably like, what, 300,000? Because yeah. I kind of consider like Mineola, Lindell area, all of that right. together. All the little communities, because we do have a huge medical facility that a lot of these little towns go into work um, and everything. But this is great because when some agents work in these huge communities like Dallas, it's kind of overwhelming. So when we talk to someone like you that's got a realistic number of, of population, then, you know, it's a doable thing and you can kind of narrow down what your communities are, what you don't want to do, what you do, niche, et cetera. So that's what we're going to kind of talk about today. And then um, Hayden is going to share with us some things about his coaching business and some tips for y'all to use and that hopefully you can implement today. And then um, just how he runs his business and how he can give you some tips on how you can be equally successful and balance your work life along with your business. So that is a lot of stuff to cover. So Hayden, um, the first thing I'd like to do is tell us a little bit about you and where, how you got to Tyler. Yeah, absolutely. So I am born and raised Troop, Texas, which is about 30 minutes outside of Tyler, uh, I was born in Henderson, Texas, and I went to Troop Elementary and graduated from Troop High School. Uh, after I graduated high school, I moved to California and went to Fresno State uh, and quickly found out that I, I liked the idea of college. I did not like going to class. <laughs> and so uh, kind of during that time, I started waiting tables when I was 18. Um, and I actually stayed in restaurant industry for 12 years prior to getting my um, real estate license in 2016. So um, I've lived in Fresno, California. I've lived in um, the Woodlands. I've lived in Dallas, Austin. Um, I've kind of been all over. Um, but mm -hmm. I uh, I met my wife. We waited tables together at a winery here in Buller, Texas, which is like right outside of Tyler as well. Um, when she was 19, I was 21. And so we were kind of, she went to Texas State to go to college. I kind of traveled around and then we both ended up in Austin where we lived for about eight years. Um, and I managed uh, fine dining restaurants. I've, I mean, I've worked in a plethora of restaurants, done a ton of jobs in those. Um, and in Austin, my wife did uh, music management. Um, in 2016, it was January 1st. We had had a huge private event for new year's at this super bougie restaurant that I worked at. And, um, we came that next morning to help clean up and for me to finish the books and stuff. And I got there and they were changing the locks on the doors. Um, and I, my uh, director of operations for the restaurant group was crying and I'd worked with her for like six years. We'd worked at like two different restaurants together. Um, 
And I said, what's going on? And she said, the restaurant's closing. And I said, when? And she said, right now. And I said, I looked at my wife. My wife was there and Bryson, our oldest, uh, he was like two at the time. Uh, She had him on his hip, on her hip. And I looked over at her and I said, I can get my real estate license. Um, Because I'd been wanting to get my real estate license for probably like two years. And the fear of stepping outside of a position to where I had um, income coming in and I knew how much I was going to make um, stopped me from reaching for what I knew that I could do in my life. And so um, that was, and that was, I was 29 years old. Um, so I'd always felt like I could do more than be in restaurant industry. I just didn't really know how to do it. Um, which I think is why I'm a coach now is because I, I wasn't surrounded with those people that had the type of mindset to be like, Hey, you're, you can do more. You know what I mean? Like when you work in a restaurant, people aren't like, Hey, you can be a better father. Like, Hey, you you can make more money. Like, Hey, you can do this. It's more of like, people are pissed because their steaks cooked wrong. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's not not like the mindset. Or their drink wasn't stiff enough. Exactly. Right. And so, um, (laughs) so from that, I got my real estate license in two months. Um, I started with Keller Williams there at Southwest Market Center in Austin. Um, and I mean, I waited tables, I waited tables five, six days a week and did real estate seven days a week for the first year. Um, I was runner up rookie of the year, um, with, with KW there, um, in Austin, which Caleb, always uh socks it to me because she was actually rookie of the year at KW Tyler when she got her license um about four years ago. So I grew a team there. Um we had the RO group um in Austin. I did 10 million in production my first full year. Um and then we uh Kayla got pregnant with our second kiddo and we knew that we didn't want to raise them in Austin. So we decided to move back home. Um mm-hmm. and it has been the biggest blessing in our lives. Um, moving back home and getting to spend time with family. And um, it's just, you know, we talked before we started this um, about God puts things in your way sometimes. And if you don't shut up and, and pay attention and be present, you're not going to pick up on it. And just moving home was one of the best things that we could have ever done. So um, we moved home in 2016. I was intercepted by the owner of Keller Williams here. Uh, She asked me to be team leader, uh, probably like six times. Um, I said no five. And so uh, <laughs> that started my journey as CEO and team leader of KW Tyler, um, which was one of the best things I ever did for my business career. Um, yeah. It's kind of like my business in Austin was like a BMW and somebody throws you the keys to a Ferrari. Um, because at the time um, I was over 80 agents um, and then myself, my OP and my MCA, which um, is really cool because she's actually our director of operations now for Riggs Property Group. Um, we grew the market center from 80 agents to um, 262 in about mm. three and a half years. So so I'm going to stop you there because yeah. I think that's a very impressive number. Mm. So I would like for you to share. Dorm, you see all this gray? It wasn't oh, this I did. gray. And, yeah. <laughs> It wasn't this great <laughs> before I started. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, um, I totally get that. Uh, I tried to go gray during the pandemic and I went, yeah, that was fun. We're not doing that again. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, share with us a little bit about how you 
you know, we all know you're with KW, but I think that this information is good for anybody with oh, yeah. any brokerage. Yes. If you're a single agent, whatever, you know, it's, it, and KW to me is probably my number one franchise because I've been involved with them since the beginning. And mm -hmm. I love that what Gary has done with helping agents that can, if they even leave KW and go somewhere else, they go with tools, which most brokerages, oh, absolutely. you know, they don't give you those tools. And so the one thing that I do brag about KW is they not only give you the tools, they give you multiple streams of tools and mm -hmm. coaching is just a piece of it, you know? So with that said, kind of tell us how you yourself envision taking that brokerage from where it was when you stepped in of what, 80 agents and you took mm -hmm. it to 260 something mm -hmm. in that timeline. Uh, it, was a, that. it was a lot of red <laughs> wine and... <laughs> And panic attacks. Not white. White, red, it doesn't matter, girl. Whatever. <laughs> um, you know, at um at first it just it, and I'll be completely transparent because I remember um when I was moving here, I was contacting people like at restaurants to see, like, hey, can I get a bartending gig on the weekend? Because I knew I was gonna I'm from here, so I knew that it would be in my mind, I thought, oh, this will be easier for me to build my business because a lot of people know me and Tyler because I'm mm -hmm. born and raised. And so um the position I kept mulling it around and it was really like I had a base salary which wasn't very much and then bonuses and like looking at what it paid at that time i was like i can make more selling i knew that and just something i don't something was pulling me to it and i'm glad that i listened to that because doing that has set me up to i mean i've helped countless agents take their business from you know they might be doing three million and now they're doing 30 million so yeah. um i don't i don't quite know what the drive was but it was more of when i got here everybody was really stuck in their ways and it, they kind of had like oh that can't happen here mentality and when you tell me i can't do something it like lights a fire under me to yeah, where i'm the um, same like, way I, I would prefer you to tell me that i can't do something because it makes me that much hungry and push through the uncomfortable times because lord knows there's more uncomfortable times than um than ones where you're just like sailing and killing it and you feel comfortable because when you start feeling comfortable, that's when, you know, it's time right. to grow again. And, um, or maybe you don't, and you want to, you're comfortable where you're at and there's nothing wrong with that either. Right. So. Mm -hmm. No, no. But when you, with these two numbers going from 87 to 200 and something, what do you think that you were offering? Was it agents or was it recruiting, bringing in new agents what was it that you think you were offering or sharing with them that got them excited to join? You know, um, was it the training that was involved? Is it I think, just personality, I think it was, luck of the draw? I think it was a little bit of everything um, because I came from the Austin market. When being at a market center that had almost a thousand agents at it, um, there are a lot of robust training calendars. Um, there are a certain level to your marketing has to be to even play in Austin. Right. Because mm -hmm. I mean, there were at the time there were 16,000 
agents and it grew to 20,000 agents in Austin. So like, if you went to lunch, it was all realtors and lenders. <laughs> like, like you knew everybody at like Clark's <laughs> or Perla's, like it was just, it was just that, how, that's how it was. So like your level of marketing had to be at a certain level for you to even be able to play. And so gotcha. when I got to Tyler, I think the industry here was at a point to where it was a lot of agents that had been doing the same thing for 20, 30 years. Um, mm -hmm. And then you had a lot of um, new, newer agents that wanted that and they want, they were super hungry for it and they just needed somebody to believe in them because at the end of the right. day, what coaching comes down to, like, I can't fix your mindset. However, I can tell you what I think about it. And I'm very transparent and straightforward. And then introducing leverage, like these agents we're doing everything themselves. And like, I, and I say this all the time and in my coaching rooms, or if you coach with me, um, if I ever say anything that seems um, kind of very straightforward, it's, I want you to imagine that I'm saying it to myself because I've earned the right to say that because I was that way. So if right. I tell you, I like to say you're making broke people decisions. <laughs> like I say that a lot because when, I was, when I was broke, I had a broke mentality and broke mentality is, I can't afford like all these limiting beliefs come out of your mouth. Like, Oh, I, I can't afford this or I can't afford to pay someone to do that. Well, right. absolutely. If you're walking around saying I can't, I can't, I can't, and you're making broke people decisions. And that's the outfit that you want to wear for the day is I'm a broke person that doesn't think there's any way out of this, this, you know, life that I've built for myself. Well, mm -hmm. then that's what you're going to get. And so I think it was a lot of bringing training and making our agents. I wanted our agents to be elite. Like I wanted our agents. If you were at another brokerage or at the same brokerage, right? With me, I don't care what brokerage you're at. Um, we're all in this together at the end of the day. And if you were working with one of my agents, I wanted you to be like, oh, awesome. Like I'm working with a KWA. Yeah. Like you knew that they were going to know um, cadence of the transaction. You knew that their vendor list was like top notch. They work the way that they do. And um, they just made it really easy to work with you. And so mm -hmm. um, through that, I mean, we were able to get our market share up to um, over 12% in the Tyler area. So yeah. um, that's it was right. Lot, it was a lot of fun. And um, it definitely, um, it brought out my love of coaching. Mm -hmm. and my understanding of business and how to build such strong bonds with the people that are in the trenches with you um, that you're unstoppable. Right. And that is so true. So when you are, and, and let's kind of take a step back here because I think it's important for the audience to know what your market is like. So yeah. with what you have done in Tyler, you know, being about 150,000 people, what is like the price, the main, you know, your main price point of homes, mm -hmm. um, you know, and a little bit of history of how that works in Tyler so that maybe somebody else that's in the same market can kind of relate yeah. and know that you don't have to live in, you know, Dallas or Houston or LA mm -hmm. to make really solid, good money in relationships, you know? So if you would share that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Essentially, the Tyler market now the average price points around two hundred and seventy five thousand. Uh, mm -hmm. When I got here, the price point was I think around two ten. Um, in the past, in the past six years, the Tyler market has increased tremendously. So mm -hmm. you have all these sellers that are sitting on big. Uh, they've got a lot of equity in their home, and a lot of them just don't really think about it because it's kind of like we were saying, right? Like you, you live on 
um, acreage and y'all been there a long time and you're probably sitting on a big piece of equity. And so um, for them to kind of understand that um, really took the market off. Plus Tyler is, you've got to think if you, if you're in a smaller market or you're in like a smaller town, I feel like larger cities are is starting to get to where people don't want to be in that hustle and bustle. And so I think you're going to see a lot of right. smaller towns that still have all the amenities and stuff, because we've seen huge, the pandemic was the best thing ever because now people work remotely. A ton of people work remotely. Right. Um, they're moving out of states that have state taxes. They're moving to Texas because of the economy here. We don't have state taxes. So um, mm -hmm. We saw a huge influx of people coming from other states that wanted that small town feel. Um, and the other piece of that is like, you need to love where you live. Right. Like People need to hear how excited you are to tell them about the restaurant that so-and-so owns. And this is the best thing there. And you can get mm -hmm. all like, I live in Troop, Texas. Like that's where I live now. And um, there's like 1300 people in the town. That's how smart. Right. And like, yeah. I can't tell you how excited I am about the food truck situation in true because a food truck parks <laughs> at the four way. Now the four way doesn't even have a blinking light people. Okay. <laughs> like it, it's, I don't even think there's stop signs. You just have to know to stop. And so like yeah. <laughs> new food truck parks there like every day of the week. And I mean, we're busy. We have two kids, right? We run multiple businesses. So like the food trucks are like my jam. So you know, when I talk about Troop, like to a lot of people in the area, they're like, you were so excited about Troop, Texas. And I'm like, yes, I love it. Like, this is where I'm I from. love it. my home. Like, you know, you, yeah. can, you can you can change that. And people people want to work with excited, happy people. Right? Yes. Like, like yes. nobody wants to I have to, to share something. Yeah, I have to share the food truck thing. And, you know, of course, many of them, we're kind of isolated. We're, we're not near the nearest town is Tyler or the city to go shopping. And people just think that's crazy. I'm like, we have a Walmart and a Brookshire's and we have a three block radius of downtown antique shops and awesome. we have restaurants and I love it. But it was a, it was a culture shock when I moved here from Dallas. But the other day I was driving through town and I told, I called my husband because I was on the way to the grocery store and I called my husband. I said, Hey, there's this food truck sitting in front of, and I said, you know, they serve Mexican food. Do you feel like you want to do that? I said, I could get some tacos or something. He was like, yeah, let's do that. Well, then when I got home and ate it, I told my husband, I said, doesn't this taste familiar? And he said, you know, it does. Our middle son has had us, you know, we've gone over and had lunch with him during lunch. And he took us to this restaurant called Ruby's. Ruby's? Yes, it's Ruby's is the best. Yes. And yes. so, I mean, we would go over there and go, Eric, you want to go eat lunch? Eric, you want to go have lunch? And and so when I saw the truck, it kind of was ringing a bell. And then I thought, oh, that sounds really familiar. Anyway, long story short, I texted my son. And I said, what's the name of that restaurant? And he told me, I said, oh, my gosh, we have a food truck here now from Ruby's. And he just started laughing and he went, Mom, it's a once a week thing. You cannot eat there every day. Yeah. Because it's so good. <laughs> I mean, I would put on so much weight, yeah. <laughs> but it was so good. And, you know, the customer service. So when we see a food truck in Minneapolis, we're like, what the 
heck is that? Let's go check it out. You know, because people like us don't have that luxury of seeing them lined up, you know, everywhere. And so I always get a big kick out of that. And I think that's kind of to the point of like the economy in smaller towns, right? Is like they that's something about Tyler, like these restaurants are opening these um, food trucks so that they can bring food out with the same quality out to these smaller outlying areas. And I just Mm -hmm. think I think it's really cool. I mean, you can tell, obviously, like I, I love Tyler and the surrounding area. This is oh, yeah. a blessing. It's beautiful. Um, and it's just it's things like that that, you know, yeah, it's excited. just it's what makes that community so great. And yeah. as an agent, you know, I tell agents all day long, you're yes, you are the real estate agent in Tyler, Texas, but you also need to be the the go to person for everything. So with you knowing the name of that restaurant, you know, that means you're in tune to what's going on in your community. Because if I'm calling and I'm like, I'm new to the area, I just bought a house or I've lived here 20 years, but I still don't know of a good plumber. Who am I going to call to get a good recommendation that I can trust? Your real estate agent. And so I tell agents, you need to know who all your local businesses are. And you need to know who are the good ones, who are you going to recommend that you can stand behind and and get behind each other. Let them get behind you as well. I don't care what size town you live in, you know, and your, your that is where list, I see community. Your vendor I'm sorry. List, your vendor list is is gold. It's just as important yes. as database. And um, I love yes. I love that you're bringing this up because we were in a top 20 percent mastermind this morning and we were talking about how being the concierge for your clients. And and this is not even yeah. just clients, right? This this could be um, leads that are coming in that are cold um, that are like, no, mm-hmm. you know, what we're thinking about buying, but but we're we're not in the, we're not going to do it right now. OK, well, wonderful. Well, when you do, I want to be the person that you call and. Um, you don't only have to call me to buy a house. Like I have connections everywhere in the city to where if you ever need anything, I want to be the one that you call. If your roof is leaking, I don't want you to call a roofer. I want you to call me and let me Mm -hmm. get my roofer out there because they're going to move faster for me anyway, because I'm feeding them business. And And they're going to get quality. And I always tell my agents when I'm coaching too, I'm like, look, your vent, your vendor list has to work like you do, and your clients have to be just as excited to use them, and you have to vet them and know that they're good. Because if you send a plumber to that house and that plumber's crack is hanging out, like that's your crack, that is your crack. Your crack is hanging mm-hmm. out because you sent that plumber to their house. So make sure that the people that you're working with are, are people that are. Did you like them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. I love that. Okay, so let's move on to because I I mean I could talk to you all day long. I lo- and let me just say this: this is off side topic, but if I want you to tell everybody how to um, connect with you on social media, because oh, yeah. on Instagram you keep me in stitches, and uh, I was laughing at you. I think it was yesterday. You had you had your phone and you were trying to do pictures and you were like. Is that a good picture? Is that not good enough? You know, and I was going, oh my gosh, he's acting like me, you know, because I don't (laughs) like to get on. I don't like to do video. I don't. And I tell people you have to do it. 
but I'm I'm my own worst enemy. So when I saw you doing that little reel yesterday, I was just cracking up going, oh my gosh, that is yeah, that is every person. Because I have huge earlobes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like my earlobes are like huge. Like I don't, like you can see. Yeah. And it's so funny because my <laughs> wife is it. like, my wife is like, you're ridiculous. All My director of operations right now is like rolling her eyes. Because they, I say all the time, I'm like, I got to get these things taken down. Because you know, uh -huh. like, uh -huh. uh, friends will be like, I'm thinking about getting a lift. And I'm like, well, I'm getting these bad boys cut off. So, um, but to find me on social, which I'm, I'm doing a super huge push right now. Um, I love, I love, you know, educating and being funny and then also just yes. being funny. Like I, I love that. It and was so, good. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at, um, it's my tag is agent Riggs. Um, and then you can find me on Facebook under Hayden Riggs and then on TikTok as well under Hayden Riggs. So okay. I'm very um, on top of it with posting. And I have a social media girl who's absolutely amazing, who is actually she just moved here from Austin. That was um, when we started uh, R&O group. I was Riggs and she was Ott. And so Brittany and her husband just moved here and she's selling on the team and Look at there. our social media. You've got to build That's a, right. an amazing team what it's all about. that's great yeah you've got to okay so then you know you mentioned a few minutes ago about the mindset so let's talk a little bit about you know um when you come into real estate i don't care if you're new you've been doing it for 30 years you're at the point where you're now wanting to pull back in order you know i i was raised in the mindset that if you want it, if you want it, you got to figure out how to get it done. And so my mindset was always one of those that I'm the only person that can get me to where I want to be. Now I can be surrounded by great people and I surround myself with people that are like-minded because I think it's very important that you are. But I think that at the end of the day, we are, we are our worst enemy and we can beat ourselves up over the littlest thing. And so when you are working as a coach with a client, and you're talking about mindset. What would be one thing that an agent could maybe look at right now and look at themselves and say, oh, you're right. He's talking to me. You know, a mindset positive, I guess, is what I'm looking for. So I, the first thing that comes to mind, which is might not be 100 percent on track with that, but I, it's something that I say in the room is like, um, I like I want you to think about what you're saying in your head. Right. Because. I mean, I could talk literally for hours on mindset because of the like everything that I've mm. been for the past three years. Um, and that came down. I'm a huge. I love therapy. Everyone should have an amazing therapist and everyone should go and talk to a third party that is disinterested in all of the things that are going on between your two ears. Um, because once you my life changed the day that I realized that that voice in my head is not actually me. Right. And for a lot of people, that's, like that. that's woo woo. And it's very, which I'm very woo woo. Um, and that voice that's telling you um, that's judging people or that's judging you or telling you like, oh, my God, I'm so fat or oh, like that's that is not you. That is mm -hmm. that is that isn't the true essence of who you are as a soul. Right. right? Like that's that's right. not you. And so when you when you pull away from those and you start observing that voice, it puts you in a, a place of power and allows you to have more control over those things or like thoughts that are going through your head. And so mm -hmm. the other thing too, is like, I like to say, 
like I would do like an exercise and I would say, okay, I want you to, I want you to think about a time that you really just sucked it up. Like you, you, you missed out on a listing or like you forgot that you're supposed to show somebody houses. Like I want it to be like, really you screwed up. And I want you to think about everything that you said to yourself in your head, like, God, I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid. Like, why would I do this? Why would anybody want to buy from me? Why yada, yada, yada. Right. And then um, now I want you to think Mm -hmm. that you're that someone that you truly, truly love. They had the same thing. They did the same thing and they screwed up. And I want you to imagine yourself yelling all of those hateful things that you told yourself to them. Yeah. And I asked them, I say, how did, and most of the time they're like, well, I would never do that. And I'm like, then why the hell are you saying that to yourself? <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? Hello? Like, you're, you're literally not putting yourself in a position of power with your own self. And so I think mm-hmm. um, I tell everybody, I'm like, look, like, I know I can, I can coach you and I can tell you all about P&Ls and backend stuff. And I can tell you about lead generation and all this stuff. I can't, I can't do any of that. You're not going to do any of that until you truly start being honest with yourself and working on yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, going exactly. in the dark, the dark places that you don't want to go and, and bringing up all that trauma that you went through at an earlier age or later in life or whatever that looks like. Um, because once you deal with all that and you're, you're true, authentic self, the money comes, the money is a right. part of how much you work on yourself. Right. I always say, you know, um, because we all carry junk. I don't care if you come oh from the very God. best family, <laughs> you know, how much money you have, everybody has junk. It's just a different level of that junk. And, you know, like I have stuff, you know, my kids, I mean, my kids were like raised like beaver cleaver, but they still have issues, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so you remind uh, me of my family so much, like, <laughs> like it makes it very, well, I mean, if, if you, you. you know, one of my sons, Stephen, and he's yeah. the goofiest. And so, um, but he's, he's so much, I look at him and I think, you know, oh my gosh, he's so much like me. And when I was that age, you know, and he wants the whole, he wants to just wrap it all up and own the world, you know? And yeah. it's kind of like, I tell people everything you want, you can have it. You just have to figure out how to get it. And it sometimes may take longer than you expect. So you make sure that you write it down. And what does it, when you write down, let's say, you know, I want to go to Alaska in two years. Okay, well, you can't just do that. You have to make preparations. You have to schedules and all of that. So what do you have to do to get to that goal? And then that's going to help your mindset realize that, oh, it's not just I want to go. It's how am I going to get there? And then what am I going to do while I'm there? And that's the kind of way I look at things in my life is, you know, um, if I'm having a bad day and and everything, I always, well, the first thing I always say is somebody else is having a worse day than me. (laughs) And so, you know, I go through that, you know, 23 was a perfect year for me to, and anybody that knows me on a personal level knows we went through some personal stuff in 23. You know, we had some bad things happen and we had some most amazing miracles happen. And, you know, it's like, it's kind of like at, at midnight on January 1st, 
you know, I walked over to the door and I opened it and I kicked my foot out. And my husband said, what are you doing? I said, I'm kicking out 2023. There's three things that I'm keeping. And that is my three grandbabies that were born, but the rest of the year can just go away. Mm -hmm. And I said, and we're not going to even go there again. And, you know, cause it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty, pretty serious. And so he just laughed at me and, you know, and he said, but who's to say it won't happen again. And I said, well, it could, and we'll deal with it. But right now yeah. I'm kicking it out the door and I'm not thinking about it. I'm not going to let it hold me back. I'm going to well, grow from that experience and be a better person. If I'm a better person and I'm a better business person, you know, yeah. so it all comes that way. The probably one of the biggest things that my therapist taught me is about being present. And so there was a book that completely mm -hmm. changed my life. It's called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, it's, I, I have that book and love it. It is very woo woo. <laughs> and if you listen to it on uh, Amazon, it's kind of annoying and does like these zing things. And I like to go ahead and preface that. And I tell you, like, if you're going through life like this with your arm, like your hands clenched and you're pissed at everybody because somebody did you wrong 10 years ago mm -hmm. and you just won't open up, like, it, if you just release, like how much better does that feel? Like if you, if you treat life like so open and you're open to say yes to things and you're, you're um just in a more present place, because like what I've learned is that pre the past is the past, the past. If you're living in the past, that's depression. If you're living right. in the future, that's anxiety, right? Oh God, yeah. this is going to happen. You're making up these stories of stuff that like, you don't know if that's going to happen. What are you freaking out mm -hmm. about? And I'm the word that's I I used to live in both of those. I would bounce back and forth. Presence is when you realize that there is nothing else available to you than the present moment that you're in ever, ever, ever. Right. That's, that's and I it. agree. And so yeah. when you have time to stop worrying about and I'm talking about like, oh, no, my appraisal came in low and you just dwell on it all day. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Like, stop. Like, be happy that you're, you know, eating lunch with your team or that, um, mm -hmm. you know, you might be stuck in traffic, but like jam some music like you. Right. It all comes down to mindset and getting over that. And there's I mean, people go through really dark things and bad things happen to good people. And it's up mm -hmm. to you to figure that out because no one's coming to save you. Right. And one thing that I notice in a lot of people is that, and especially around holidays, is that they dwell on who's not there, you know? I so let's that. say you wake up Christmas morning and, you know, everybody's excited and that you could be surrounded by 20 people who love you to death and would do anything for you, but you're sitting there thinking, but so-and-so's not here, whether they passed or couldn't make it or whatever. Yeah. And I tell people, when you look at things like that, that's the way your life will be. Yes. You know, if you look at the people that are in your life and they care about you, then you look at them and you lean on them to be the best of who you can, because they're going to pull that out of you. And, you know, that's because I have a family member that does that. And I always go, quit doing that. It's not oh healthy. My, God. my mom and I, like, I love her to death. And the other day I'm like, you were being too damn negative. Like I can't, everything, there you go. everything cannot be negative. And I love, I love it. I love it. I tell people, laugh. if you're going to come to me with a negative, you better come back with a positive. Yeah. And like, what, <laughs> I think what's really scary and like for a lot of people that I coach, they don't realize how negative they are. Like, yeah, they no one's ever put a mirror in front of them and been like, tell me more about that. 
Like what is, Mm -hmm. what's so important about you being upset? (laughs) Right. Well, you know, uh, and I'm not going to go into great detail, but I had something happen to me that was so out of something I never thought would happen. I knew it could, I just never knew it would. And when I was faced with it, you know, I, I set my husband down and we talked about it and, you know, I was of this mindset that nobody needs to know. We'll tell them after we get it taken care of. Nobody has to know this because everybody's going to want to, you know, cry or, you know, uh, be sad and feel sorry for me. And I don't, I'm not that person. You know, I just don't want to talk about it when it's over. Then we tell them and then we say, look, it all turned out great. And uh, my husband looked at me and he said, okay, that's you, but that's not me. And he said, and I need that support around me. And so I'm like, okay, fine. So I told every, you know, the people that needed to know. And I said, and then we're not talking about it. And I said, you can be there for your dad and talk to your dad, but I don't want to talk about it. And so um, I said, because I'm a positive person and I'm going to go into this in a positive way. And so when I walked away from that situation, the thing that kept me going was the positive. I had, I mean, I pulled out everything I had on positive affirmations, um, read that Bible again, you know, I did everything I could to keep my mindset where it should be. So I could go into the situation positively, because I do think that you have control and your mind can control certain situations. And so then when I came out of it, I was like, see, look, there was nothing to be worried about. Yeah. And everybody just kind of was like, eh. I always tell you people know. too, I'm like, look, if you, if you are dwelling on something so much and you think that it's going to turn out a certain way, you're probably right because you're like willing mm-hmm. it into the universe. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't know how somebody's going to react to something like right. you don't have that control over people and you can't let people have that control over you too. Exactly. Right? So with it, with this mindset thing for agents, you know, the one thing that I always want agents to remember is, and um, and I laugh about it because it goes back to my Mary Kay days. I was a Mary Kay consultant for like 10 years when it. my kids were super it. little. And let me tell you, I dominated. Yeah, well, that's I why moved you said to Cadillac earlier. Oh, yeah. Um, I moved to Miniella, did not know one person. And I pulled out that yellow pages. I had a notepad. I had a script. I had a calendar. And I opened up that yellow book, um, that phone book and started with the A's. You know, this was in 1990. And started just calling people. If it was like, you know, Paul and Kim Hughes, I called you. But if it just said Hayden, I didn't call you. But I built my business doing that. And then I went into Tyler and did it and built a huge Mary Kay business. But I walked away from that saying it prepared me for where I am today. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that Mary Kay herself, you know, because she at the time I lived in Dallas, we all, you know, we're in her circle. And she told us, she said, just remember that every person that says no, they're not saying no to you. They're saying no to the opportunity. And when that was said to me, I went, oh, it's not because they don't like me or they don't like my glasses or they don't like my car. It's they just don't want the opportunity. So move on to the next person, because eventually the numbers will make up for themselves. Well, and, and you know, I always look at her about like, stop getting so wearing your emotions on your sleeves. Like not everybody is going to say, and it's kind of like the yes, no continuum too. It's like, does a yes mean yes? Well, not all the time. Well, does no mean no, not all the time. 
Maybe you have not. to ask more mm -hmm. questions to figure out what's going on, right? Right. Right. And so that's where, you know, kind of getting to um, some stories. I always like to hear a couple of stories oh, of, yeah. of what you can share with agents that they can relate to or they can go, oh, gosh, I can that could happen to me, you know, kind of a thing. So Ooh. what do you got on you that you could share? Oh, my goodness. Um, I think something I I do tell. I tell two stories essentially. One is one's kind of like a um I guess like heed the warning of like truly running your real estate business like a real estate business and I think that it's um something that's good to talk about especially with all the lawsuits and everything that's going on right now around um, buyer representation and um legally like what that looks like and I remember when I was a new agent well I've got a few stories I guess. <laughs> So um, when I was a newer agent, I remember uh, this friend of ours, uh, his stepdad was going to buy him a house and in Austin and it was a cash deal. And um, it was, I mean, we were looking up to like 1.1, right? Like they were from New York, like uh, the stepson was coming down. Um, and so I show, I met the stepdad and I showed them probably for like two months, probably like 15 houses, I want to say over like a two month period. And then they finally found one that they really, really liked. And so um, I went to go put an offer on it. Well, you know, and this is old school, right? Like we, um, my brokerage required a buyer's rep or our ENO insurance wouldn't cover us. And so um, I attempted to slip that in, right? As we do, which is not the right practice. You should not do that at all. Um, uh, he like freaked out. I mean, cussing me up one side and down the other. Like I would never sign anything that like legally bonds me <laughs> to you or your brokerage. And I told myself when I got into real estate, um, I told myself that I wouldn't allow anybody to talk to me that way because I've, I've been in restaurant industry forever. And that's, I mean, people talk to you like that all the time. It's pretty crazy. Um, and so essentially that day, I, I mean, I fired him. I said, you can kick rocks. Like I'm not, you're not going to talk to me that way. Um, and right. so at first I had a pity party and I was like, this is his fault. And, um, I can't believe that he's so rude and da, 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 da. And like, once I got right with myself and like calmed down because we, we have, we do the mistake of like adding up the commission before like you ever have it, which is such a bad idea, right? Like you should be yeah. working for your clients and not adding up the commissions anyway. Um, and so I remember that day being like, this is my fault. This is my fault because I did not treat, I did not treat my business like a business. I was just flying mm -hmm. by the cup of my pants and I was going to show them anything they wanted to see. I should have had a buyer consultation with them. I should have set them down. I should have explained buyer representation um, in Texas. Um, and I, and this wouldn't have been an issue, right? He would have told right. me to kick rocks at the beginning and I wouldn't have wasted two, two months of my life. And so um, that was a huge turning point in my business to where I got real and right. I understood my contracts. I didn't work with anybody that didn't sign a buyer's rep or I wouldn't even send people homes, honestly, without having a pre-approval um, because I valued my time. And that's where my mm -hmm. production really started taking off. Um, that is like the the i guess that's like the business like pc one i guess probably one of the war, one of the worst stories is i got um we got this client they they were coming into open houses and they were probably mine and britney's age and they would come to our open houses and we keep seeing them at these open houses and they told us that they had an agent 
Well, we still got their contact information and put them on like a drip or whatever. And um, they reached out one day and were like, hey, we want to see these houses. Well, they bought uh, like a one, I think it was like 1.1 as well from us cash. And then they're like, oh, well, we want you to sell our condo on Zilker. Well, like Zilker is a nice area. It's like a three-story townhome. And we're like, yeah, absolutely. And they're like, well, our last agent stage. So would you stage? And we're like, yeah, we stage, of course, duh. So like we get on Wayfair, we order like, we order like all this furniture, have it delivered to the house. We're like staging it. We get there and my client's in Europe. And so I'm like, hey, the, like, you know, on the island, like in front of the island where everybody sits, they always kick it and it gets dirty. And I'm like, hey, the island is really like dirty because y'all, you know, have somebody paint it. And she's like, well, I'm not going to have anybody paint it, but we do have leftover paint in the garage. And so like me and Brittany are like, oh yeah, cool. Like whatever, we'll paint, we'll paint the island like whatever. So me and Brittany are there like fairly late and we tape off the island. We paint the island. And then I'm like, Brittany, there's like, like nail holes on the walls. Like we've got to touch up like this paint or whatever. So we, we spackle like holes and touch up paint. And um, <laughs> we do that on three floors of a $650,000 townhome. And we come oh, back, wow. the next, we come back the next day and the walls look cheetah print. Like I'm not even the the paint did not match a bit. Like I'm talking about my business partner is like crying. She's like, oh, what are we gonna do? And I was like, we're never painting again, Brittany. That's like, like, that's what we're doing. We're not gonna paint. Okay. And I'm like, you've got to get it together. We went to Sherwin Williams to match that paint probably four times in a day. Oh wow. Um <clears throat> and Finally, I had the the idea to get on top of the kitchen cabinets. I pray to God that my clients don't see this. That I we climb on the cabinets and I cut out like a square piece of the drywall, like where you can't see it from like ground level. Right. And we take it to Sherwin Williams and we bring it back. It works well enough. And so oh, there you go. that and my team's like laughing at me right now. The uh <laughs> so I feathered it out enough to where like, like it looks good enough to get by, but like if that's probably like one of the worst, like we're real estate agents. We are not painters. Do not paint people's house. Do not say that you're going to touch up paint because I don't even know how much it would have cost to paint. I mean, that house was like 3,600 square feet. Like it was, Oh my gosh. I don't even know how much that would have cost to like paint. So I'm not a painter. I do not paint your house. If your house looks <laughs> like that, we're going to adjust the price because price fixes. We're going to bring somebody in to paint the house. All right. And I have great painters now <laughs> that their cracks don't hang out. And we're just going to, we're going to do our thing because I do, I do not paint houses. That's when you have a really good vendors list. Yes. <laughs> and then you look for your painter. Yeah, we're not painting. And I wish Brittany was in here because she would probably start having a panic attack because I don't think I've ever seen her that like freaked out. I was like, girl, you got to get it together. <laughs> oh, how funny. Girl, get it together. I yeah, love we that. Yeah, we got to figure this out. <laughs> All right. Well, then the last thing that I want to talk about is um, just kind of touch on because your wife is an agent. She runs the brokerage and you're running the coaching side. She runs her. She team. runs the team. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um. So, and you're the coach. So, mm -hmm. kind of tell us how y'all work together and how do y'all make that work? Because 
We have a lot of people that husband and wives work together, and I bet they would love to hear anything you can share to help them work better together and then how to run life together. You know, a lot of wine, like I said earlier. <laughs> um, you know, my my wife and I have always been very um, driven. We've always mm -hmm. been very um, like when I when I lost my job at the restaurant, like what I I mean, my wife was standing next to me. Like I looked at her and I said, baby, I can get my real estate license. And it wasn't if she was worried about finances or like worried because like you kind of understand we were broke as a joke, dude. Like we oh, like, yeah. I had like three hundred dollars in the bank, like like paycheck to paycheck. Like mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if she was like deathly afraid, but she'd never really showed it. And she said, I mean, I was, my mindset was not, I was not the Hayden that I am today. Right. I was, yeah. was telling myself limiting beliefs and like, how do I do this? Like, I've never done anything but restaurant. Like I'm just a server. Like those are the things that I would say are like, I'm always going to be a server or like, I, you know, I need to go get a management job. Like, and in my mind, I knew if I got a management job, I wouldn't use my real estate license. So mm. Kayla there being like, you baby, you can do anything. Like I've seen you do anything. You can do anything. And so having us together for that and then seeing that like losing my job was the best thing that ever happened to us um, because mm -hmm. it kicked you past the fear. And like that, that's where, that's where magic happens. Like when you're just sitting right. around, like just okay with where you're at, but you're really not in your mind. Like you think about it all day, like it's time to get up and get on with it. Right. Um, so I guess with us, I see other, I guess it wasn't always like this because Kayla would be like, you're on your phone, like you're on your phone. And I'm like, baby, I know I'm on my phone. Like I've, I remember one time we were watching a movie with Bryson and it was with those damn clients that I had, a, that I painted their house and it was like a million dollar deal. And this was my, I mean, this was like within the first full year of me, like working right in real right. estate. You know, I'm already counting the commission. I'm like, this, mm -hmm. this sucker is like 20K. We're going to be rich. <laughs> like, you were so, you were uh, thinking of it and spending it at all of the already, same Already, <laughs> which is a whole other story about how I got back in debt and like completely sucked at that. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, now it's like we we respect each other. Like I respect my wife. Like my I've seen my wife give birth to two amazing children. And I get emotional about it because... I wouldn't be who I am today without her. And when, when life's crazy and it feels like we can't keep going and the phone keeps ringing, mm -hmm. respect her. If you need to go sit in the car to have a phone call, I'm going to guard the children from coming in the garage. You get right. what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to be mad at you because we're running to this. We're running for the same goal. We're, we're right. on the same team. It's right. like we're at dinner and we're on a date. Like we respect each other. But if that client or somebody that she's been trying to get a hold of all day, the phone rings and she has to take it. I don't get upset with her about that because I wouldn't want her to get upset with me about it. Does that make right. sense? And oh, like, sure. I'm not by any means saying like you should work all the time and you should do this. But I think in life, there's times where you work really hard and you push and there's times where you chill. And right. if, we're a, if we're in a push hard time, that's understood. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the other piece is mm -hmm. like, I mean, 
you have to balance each other out. Like I'm a, I'm a crazy person. You get what I'm saying? I'm (laughs) probably the crazy person in your relationship too, right? Like I am like, I am, I can be hot headed. I can be crazy. Mm -hmm. Like I might have one too many glasses of wine. Like I'm that guy in the relationship and Kayla's Kayla's level-headed and, and I, I trust her and I respect her. And I know when something comes out of her mouth, it's honesty. And I don't, I don't take it the wrong way. I might at first, right? Like we all all do that. I might at first. And I always remember one of my mentors always said um, uh, he was going to get married and he was talking to the preacher and um, they were sitting down for like counseling and stuff, talking to his mentor. Uh, And he said, son, there's going to be times in your marriage that you don't feel loved. Mm-hmm. And when there's those times happen, I want you to remember, I want you to lean on what you know, not what you feel. There you go. And that once I heard that, I mean, that hit like you got to You got to be on the same team. Like, there's yeah, going to be times. Um, I mean, like I said, we've got two kids like anytime they want to do anything like one of us has to step out to go do something. And when I did was doing bold, I mean, I was gone five days, sometimes six days a week traveling right? Like be in four different city, three different cities across the nation in a week for mm. seven weeks. Um, and I, I quickly found out that that wasn't beneficial for my children um, or my life right now. And that's why I'm doing individual coaching and um, one day mm-hmm. coaching. So, well, you know, we all, we all have been in those shoes. If you're driven, you know, um, I tell people that I'm probably the most driven person you'll meet because everything I've wanted in life, I've had to fight for it. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It just makes me appreciate what I have more. And, you know, the greatest story that I tell people is when you think you cannot get that foot in front of the other You know, my husband called me in what, 2009, 10, somewhere around there. I think it was nine. And financial crisis, guess what happened? His company shut down. Um, He drove to work that morning and the door was locked with a sign on it. He lost his pension, his retirement. He lost everything. He's calling me. Now, this is a Friday. And we have three sons. One is in college at SFA and the other two are here at school and they play football. And so he calls me and says, you will not believe what has happened and shared with me. And I said, you know, I could tell in his voice there was panic. And I looked, I sat there and I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to look at this that God is saying, you need to slow it down. You need to be present for your family. Because he was like you. He traveled five days a week, Mm -hmm. you know, in the whole 10 yards, was never able to uh, participate in our kids' activities. So I said, here's what you're going to do. You're going to get home in time to go to pep rally, and then we're going to go to the football game. (laughs) And he was like... That's all you're thinking of. And I said, honey, it's Friday and it's Friday night football. And, you know, my life was Friday football. (laughs) And my two boys played high school football on the same team and they were really good. And so that's the way we looked at it was that, yeah, that door closed. But guess what? When that door closed, this door opened. And it was probably the best thing. Financially, we just really had to suck it up and figure it out. But that's happened to us twice in our marriage and we've been married 40 years. So we always say, I don't care what happens at the end of the day, have their back. 
you have each other's back and you can do anything. And know? I told Kayla, I'm like, baby, we've been broke before. Like that's right. <laughs> like, like it don't scare me. And I love the no. story of people that were like made a bunch of money and then went broke and then they made yeah. a bunch more money, but they did it smarter the next time. Like I'm all about <laughs> an underdog story. So. Yeah. No, I you know, money is money. You know, you can yeah. lose it and you can make it. But you still have to live with yourself. So at the end of the day, if you lost all your money, who do you have? You have who you are and you better like who you are. Amen. And you better like who you're married to. <laughs> that's the other thing. Like so anyway. I wouldn't be with somebody that's like lame that doesn't want to like, <laughs> like, like crush it with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. My husband and I balance very well. He, uh, he runs part of the company, but I'm not a numbers person. And he is, he is like the, the number one, if you needed somebody like a C he's not a CPA, but if you needed somebody like a CPA, he's the guy. So, you know, I told him, I said, why don't you just take over this side of the business? And then I don't have to think about it because I hated it. I mean, it was literally, I would probably take a Xanax and five glasses of wine before I had to do that. <laughs> I used to tell okay, people, take needles and just poke me in the eye because I don't <laughs> want to do it. And, you know, and I'm still like that. And But he he's the one that takes it over and then tells me, this is what I need from you. <laughs> I love you that. Know? You got to have he knows it. it's a very, it's a very, it gets me into a bad mood. And so anyway, but it all balances. All right. So a couple of things that um, I want to make note of, and we're going to put all of this in the show notes. I'll put your, how people can reach out to you and everything, oh, awesome. but um, let's close this up with how can people reach out to you if they're interested in coaching with you? What would yeah. you, how would you want that to look? Um, you're more than welcome. You can email me. My email uh, is Hayden, H-A-D-E-N. There's no Y in it. So Hayden, mm -hmm. H-A-D-E-N dot rigs r-i-g-g-s at kw.com okay that's uh, the best can, way they can reach it yeah you can reach me there you can find <laughs> me on instagram tiktok facebook dm me um i'm always i mean i'm always available i love meeting agents okay. um i don't really care what part of the nation you're in I, I like i said we do a lot of agent to agent referrals and have a very big network um i just like meeting people and seeing how i can help i think Probably what's different mm -hmm. is I really work on like internal stuff and um, figuring out like what your relationship is with money and um, just figure out that like I can, we can talk all day about lead generation, but you mm -hmm. know what you need to do. Yeah. <laughs> you need to talk to people. <laughs> well, this is kind of funny because I picked up something. You're probably don't, you may have heard the name Howard Britton, um, um, uh, star power. He was huge oh, back in the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, he had a huge organization, thousands of people, wonderful man, had such a good insight on the business. And I came across something the other day and it was his schedule that was Monday through Saturday and exactly what to do every minute of that day. And I started looking at that and I, and I mean, it was repetition. Everything was repetition. And um, I, I just laughed and I thought, I wonder how many people actually still do this, you know, that get up in the morning and do, you know, whatever, you know, 25 calls, knock on 10 doors, you know, go meet 10 people, you know, what are you doing? But that's what it was. And I thought that's how he became so successful oh, yeah. was, um, uh, you know, he just repetition, stayed focused and repetition. Well, so I think coaching is so good for agents, you know, in so many ways. It's on, it's time on task. It's time on task over time. 
right? Yeah. Like, and what happens is that most agents, and, and this is a lot to do with like newer agents, will do the activities and they'll do the activities and they'll stop right before they were about to reap the, you know, the benefits of what they've been doing. So mm-hmm. you got to get your mind right and go keep doing it until it starts sticking and starts working because that, that level is different for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think also the more you do it, the more comfortable you get and you find you a personality that works when you're in that, if you're making those calls, door knocking and everything, you get very comfortable with who you are. And then you think of different ways to do it because you're not so petrified of the answer. No. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, no can be a pretty powerful word. The biggest thing too. And like what I tell my, my coaching clients is like, be a normal human. What are you talking about? Why are you like, well, what if they say that? Well, who, like, what would you answer? Like, that's literally like when I get on the phone with anybody, I'm this way. I'm me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I told somebody the other day, they called for a BPO, which is a broker price opinion. And I called them back and I was like, look, I can send you a bunch of bootleg comps that you're not going to know how to read for $300, or I can represent you and I can take care of all this and you don't have to worry about it. And they're like, please send the buyer's rep. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just got to talk to people like a normal human being, like, Mm-hmm. This is a rocket science. You know, everybody expects everybody to be so perfect and have the right answers when, you know what, you may, I may not, I always tell people, I may not have the answer, but I'll go find it. You know, it may not be my answer, but I will go find the person that knows the answer to that problem. Yeah. And I think that's when you take the, also you take your ego out of it, you know. Oh, you so got to anyway. leave that at the door. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Hayden, I have really enjoyed talking to you and, um, you know, anything that else you can add, just throw it at me and we'll put it in the show notes. Um, you know, even though you're in Tyler, you did say that you coach nationwide. So I want to make sure people know that. And then I've got your email on how people can reach out. And then, you know, the quote that you, you know, always, have a little questionnaire for those that don't know this, but there's always a little questionnaire when I have a guest on the podcast and um, the quote, I'm going to have you say the quote because I love the quote. I was like, when I read that, I went, I have that right there, right there on my desk. I so don't do you remember know. your quote? I, ha- I have so many. Is it about, uh, uh, it, I have two that I use all the time. I say coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous. Is that it? No, no, okay. but I do. I, I And then I say um, I, you have to remember uh, you're not a you're not a human being having a slight spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a slight human experience. Oh, I like that. But no, that wasn't it either. Neither of those were my quote. Neither one. You said <laughs> whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're, you're right. right. You know, and I'm like, how simple can it be? You know. You can or you can't. It's all up to you. It's all so anyway. Time. Well, there's two um, extra again, quotes for you. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to add that to my information. So, um, okay. So thank you so much again for joining me. And um, I'm sure we'll have to do this again. This was a lot of fun. I'm down. And, yeah. if, you know, and I tell anybody that's listening, 
when you listen to the podcast, if you if you were looking for something and we didn't deliver it, all you have to do is just let us know and we'll get you that information as soon as we can, whether you reach out to Hayden or me. Yeah. Um, you know, I always want agents to know that, oh, you were talking about this, but then y'all went into a different direction, but I'd like to know more. Yeah. Let us know and then we'll help you figure that one out. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Hayden. And um, I really appreciate it. I hope we get to meet soon since we're like 20 miles from each other. Uh, we're going to go to the uh, taco truck. We're going to go to Ruby. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we go to the taco truck in Miniella or we can go to the restaurant in Tyler. I love it. I love it. 